And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Tell us, you think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke from 1955. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess, is that statement real or ridiculous while you play along at home? And I will try to astonish you, so that okay. will be my my goal here. Yeah. So yeah, I've got some duets, part two. Duets. Duets. Yeah. No, no, these are good songs. I okay. promise. I all like right. all of them. So if okay. I say so, it must be true. Yeah. Uh, so I will play the first song. Here it is. So that's um. That is um, Stevie Nicks. Yes. This is Leather and Lace. Is, uh, Stevie Nicks and Don Henley, released in 1981. Right. Do you like this 1981, song? year I graduated high school. Oh, wow. Did you actually graduate? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> With flying colors. I <laughs> gotcha. Do you like this song? It's all right. All right I, I like it. So it okay. must be good. What's it called? Leather and Lace. Okay. Okay. I mean, anything she sings. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. So here's your statement. Okay. Stevie Nicks joined Bruno Mars for a rendition of Leather and Lace at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. True. All right. So let's listen and see. That's Stevie Nicks. Hard to hear the male voice. No. Here it comes. That's Adam Levine. <laughs> Why do there I stick at this song so much? Uh, because I know you too well. Or this game, I mean. <laughs> at the song, at the game, it's just everything. Oh, man. All right. Good start. Ugh. All right. Let's go to the second song. All right. Like second song. It takes two, baby. Like this one? It takes two, baby. Me and you. All right, so this is It Takes Two, recorded in 1965, Marvin Gaye and Tim Weston. Okay. Okay, here's your statement. Rod Stewart and Tina Turner's version was used for a Pepsi commercial. Real or ridiculous? 
True. True? Yeah. Let's listen and see. Yes, it is true. Oh my god! I'm not sure if they actually say Pepsi, but the visual was for I got a one. can of Pepsi. So holy cow! Yep. I got one. You got it. Wow. Good job. Wow. All right. Man, I got you one. Got one. So holy we're good now. Shizoli. All right, let's go to the next duet. Baby. Olivia Newton-John. This is Abba. Oh. Dancing Queen. Okay. This was released on their album Arrival, 1976. This is Abba. This is Abba. Abba Dabba Doo. Abba Dabba Doo. Kind of like Yabba Dabba Doo. Okay. Here's your statement. All right. Kelly Clarkson covered this song on her talk show. What are you looking at over there? No, I'm not looking at Mike. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say that's true. Real? All right. Let's listen and see. Real. Is it real? Yes, that's Kelly it's Clarkson. Surreal. Listen. What a voice. Wow. Who's better? Oh, Her. don't ruin it. Her or me? Her voice is ridiculous. She's great. It's ridiculous. I listened to the whole thing. Well, you've got two right and one wrong. Wow. Here's the last song. Okay. You like this song? Do you like the song? I put this song in my movie Madison. See, it's a good yeah. one, right? It's on the soundtrack. So, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, 1967, recorded by... I don't remember. <laughs> this is uh, Marvin Gaye. Okay. And Tammy Terrell. All right. Okay. So, here's your statement. It became a hit again in 2021 when Dolly Parton recorded the song. False. All right, let's listen. Don't worry, baby. Just call my name. I'll be That's Jennifer Hudson, not Dolly Parton. I got three out of four. No, you got two out of four. Three. Right? Oh, you're right. You three did get four. three out of four. I think that's a record for you. It might be you. a record. I don't yeah. think. Mike, what do you think? Has he ever gotten three out of four? I don't think so. Wow, Carl. Man. I'm good. You are. I always say, Carl, I am you're good. Really good. That's what I generally say to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this so it's time just it's about true. everybody. <laughs> Mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. All right. So there you go. Great job. Just showed you how to play the That's game right. right there, Lisa. That's how you do it. That's right. That's how you do it. All right. Can't argue with that. When we come back, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke, greatest Western on radio or TV. So, huh? I'm we listening. know how to do it here That's on Hollywood right. 360. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We've been calling people back that want to join the Classic Radio Club. We'll call more people back 
as soon as we start Gunsmoke, right, Lisa? Right, we're on it. It's always so fun sit talking. sit by the phone, we're getting there. To our listeners, yeah. So much fun. If you've left a message, we're going to be calling you back. That's for sure. Either Lisa or myself will call you and sign you up to the Classic Radio Club or answer any questions you might have. Or if you want to sign up for the podcast, we can do that, too. So if you want to... Uh, do any of those things, give us a call at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Leave a message and Lisa or I will call you back to sign you up for the Classic Radio Club. We really thank you for that. All right, Gunsmoke. You ready for this, Lisa? I sure am. The greatest Western on radio and TV. Adult Western created by Norman McDonald and John Meston. Aired on radio from 1952 until 1961. I mean, this here was a dramatic radio show still airing in the 60s, although it was the early 60s. These were stories in and around Dodge City, Kansas, uh, set in the late 1800s. And the uh, main guy on the show was Marshal Matt Dillon. He was played by William Conrad. Of course, on television, it was James Arness. Harley Bear was Chester Proudfoot. He was his deputy. Howard McNear was Doc Adams. Georgia Ellis was Kitty Russell, the saloon girl. And Dylan was a lonely, isolated uh, man, toughened by a hard life, sort of like me. Right. You're pretty tough, too. Yep. Adapted for TV in 1955, lasted all the way to 1974. You know, on TV, it was the longest-running television western of all time and uh, from 1957 till 61 it was actually the number one rated tv show so this had a lot of uh, a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners and we're going to listen to an episode now of gunsmoke going back to 1955 october 8th to be exact this is called good girl bad company here's william conrad as u.s marshal uh, Matt Dillon on part one of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Who's that? 
Oh, why don't you open the door? Maybe you'll find out, Chester. I never heard of nobody knocking on this door before. It's Major Harris, Mr. Dillon, from Fort Dodge. Uh, come in, Major. Marshal Dillon. Sit down, sit down. I'll stand, thanks. Marshal, last Saturday, two United States Army soldiers were murdered while driving a supply wagon from here to Fort Dodge. Government payroll was stolen, and you seem to have taken no interest whatsoever in the matter. Well, now, Major, protecting the Army isn't exactly my job. The Army can protect itself, Marshal. Then how come there were only two soldiers carrying your payroll? Where was the rest of your Army? On maneuvers. On maneuvers? In my command, troops remain in garrison as little as possible. And you were asking for trouble, Major, knowing there was a payroll coming in. Marshal, the arrival of the payroll was secret. Even the two men carrying it didn't know what it was. Somebody knew. Yes, they did. Marshal, I regard this crime as a demonstration of your inability to control these Dodge City ruffians. What? I mean it. And if no arrests are made in the matter, I'll give these bad men of yours a taste of martial law. We'll see how they like that. Now, wait a minute, this Major. This town will be patrolled 24 hours a day. Look, Major, you don't know these men. You run the army in here and they'll fight. There'll be trouble. Bad trouble. They brought it on themselves. No. You made a mistake and you've got to find somebody to blame it on. I want whoever committed those murders. And I want that money, Marshal, within a week. And if any more crimes are committed against the army meantime... We'll take this town over at once. Good day, gentlemen. Hello, Matt. Evening, Kitty. This is Marshal Dillon, Jenny. Matt, this is Jenny Lane. Ah, uh, how do you do, Jenny? Pleased to meet you, Marshal. Sit down, Matt. Ah. You're new in Dodge, aren't you, Jenny? Oh, I've been here most a month now. Oh, she's only been working at the Long Branch about a week, Matt. Ah, uh, how do you like it? Fine, but I'm kind of worried now. Oh? It's this army business everybody's talking about. Will it be bad, Marshal? Yeah, it could be. You think it'll happen? Might, especially if there's any more trouble. Say, Jenny... Has your corporal been in? Yeah, he was, earlier. Well, how do the soldiers feel about all this? Huh, well, he says they sure aren't anxious to mix it with all these gunmen and buffalo hunters and the like. <sighs> but he's not my corporal, Kitty. He's just a lonely kid. <laughs> he's not so lonely. He spends more time here than he does at the fort. How does he manage it, anyway? Well, they made him a clerk, a sort of a bookkeeper. His time's pretty much his own. Well, he's lucky. Good, safe job, too. Yeah, I suppose it is. Well, I better get busy. I'm glad to have met you, Marshal. Glad to have met you, Jenny. I'll see you again. Sure. Nice girl. Mm-hmm. Where's she from, Kitty? Uh, Hay City, last. Ah. What, uh, what's the name of this corporal who's been sniffing around? Stark. Corporal Stark's all I ever heard. Now, what else do you know about Jenny, huh? Um, she doesn't talk much about herself, Matt. Well, uh... Maybe you can get her to, huh? All right. I'll try. Meantime, I'm going to wire the sheriff in Hayes City. He might know something. You must have some reason for all this interest, Matt. No, I haven't, Kitty. But I might find a reason for I'm through.
I got it, Mr. Dillon. Just come in. Oh, what? The answer to that telegraph you sent to Hayes City last night. Oh? Uh-huh. Here. Oh, thanks. I don't know what it says or anything. Yeah. Jenny Lane left Hayes about a month ago with a stranger called Nate Brand. Nothing against girl, but believe Brand a wild one. Regards, Clint Adams. Never heard of no Nate Brand. No, neither have I. What's he doing, hiding him somewhere? Oh, uh, Matt. Yeah, what is it, Doc? Trouble. Oh, what kind of trouble? A shooting. Out behind the Texas Trail. What? It's bad, Matt. It's real bad. Well, a shooting's always bad, Doc. Yes, but this one's going to lead to a lot more shooting. Somebody just killed a soldier. Come, there's no crowd around here. There isn't a man in sight. No. Who told you about this, Doc? The bartender. He said he heard a shot and went out back and found him. He sure looks dead, all right. He's dead. Is that all the bartender had to say? That's about all. Except that when he went back into the saloon and told everybody there about it, they, they didn't move a hair. Well, I guess maybe they was thinking about the army taking over Dodge. Yes. Why didn't the bartender come to me first? Well, I don't know, Matt, but I've got the feeling that maybe nobody knows whether you're going to be on their side or, or the armies. Yeah, they never do trust me, do they? Chester. Yes, sir? Give Doc a hand here. I'm riding out to Fort Dodge. Hello, Major. What brings you to Fort Dodge, Marshal? Murder. What? Murder. A soldier? Uh-huh. Who? I don't know. Some private. Dodge City, of course. That's right. Have you arrested the murderer? Nobody saw it happen, Major. I see. Well, Marshal, you leave me no choice. Wait a minute, Major. I didn't ride out here just to bring you the news. I want something from you. From me? I want you to keep all the soldiers out of Dodge for the next 48 hours. Put it off limits. That's not exactly what I had in mind. Listen, Major, Dodge City's an armed camp. It's full of men who fought Indians, who fought the war between the states, who fought each other ever since they could spit. They'll fight you next. They'll make you hate it. They can't fight the army. They can and they will. And a lot of men will die on both sides. But I'll make you a deal, Major. A deal? You give me 48 hours and I'll find your killers. You better take it. Because it'll get you out of a lot of trouble. All right. But I want the criminals delivered here. To me. Sure. But I might have to kill them to get them here. All right. That is the first portion of Gunsmoke. October 8th, 1955. Good girl, bad company. William Conrad is U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. And uh, that's John Daner there he was talking to. John Daner was just in so many radio shows. And then he had his own 
shows as well. He was Frontier Gentleman, you know, J.B. Kendall on there. He was Paladin on Have Gun, Will Travel. And uh, he appeared on Gunsmoke a lot. Also, Escape and Suspense. Very busy actor. And then when television hit, he was cast in a lot of things. He was, you could always see him in the early TV shows. Um, and I and I believe he was even on the Gunsmoke television shows. He started in the business as an animator at Disney. Wow. And then he was around, you know, the film, you know, the cartoons. And then there was voiceover actors coming in and things like that. And he was like, you know, I think I can. I can do that. I've got a good voice. <laughs> I think I can do that. Right. That's how I started in here. I said, I think I can do that. Yeah. I was like, Lisa, do me a favor. You can. You can, <laughs> you can come. But, you can, but don't, don't, don't don't talk. Just, don't. Just sit and watch. Don't talk. But I did sit and watch, and I watched, and I said, I can do that. Yeah. It's a radio show. Don't talk. (laughs) You're you're not in it. (laughs) Just look look pretty over there. Just sit over there and smile. look pretty. Don't talk. And then eventually... I started talking. You started talking. (laughs) That's how it works. Couldn't couldn't keep me quiet. You know? Um, And then... You blink in 15, 16 years later. Right. Here we are. You're the co-host. Right. That's how it works. Right? Well, it didn't happen that easily, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get back to gun smoke right after this. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And uh, we're listening to a really good episode of Gunsmoke from 1955 called Good Girl, Bad Company. Right after uh, this show, because it's actually a short show, we're going to have a little time. So we're going to play something uh, really fun for you after Gunsmoke before we tune into Sarah uh, on her backstage pass. But right now, the conclusion... To gun smoke. Matt! Oh, Matt! Ah, hello, Doc. I've been waiting for you to get back. Oh, anything more happened? Not yet, but I found a letter on that soldier. His name was Ravage. Oh, anything else? Yes. I dug the bullet out of him, Matt. And you know something? I haven't seen lead like that since I mustered out in 65. Now, what do you mean, Doc? That soldier was shot with a cavalry pistol. He was? I'd swear to it. Thanks, Doc. I'll see you later. Well, well now, well, where are you going? Into the Long Branch. I want to talk to a friend of mine. 
been expecting you, Matt. Oh, have you, Kitty? Chester was in a while ago. He told me about that telegram from Hay City. Look, Kitty, I gotta work fast. There's gonna be a war around here soon. I found out a couple of interesting things, Matt. One is Jenny's been seen riding horseback at night towards the Arkansas down by Brandy Bend. Oh? It might have something to do with that man she left Hay City with, Nate Brand. Yeah. I think he's hiding out down near Brandy Bend. Any idea why? Corporal Stark and Jenny went for a ride one night. When was that? The night before that army payroll was robbed. Uh-huh. Where's Jenny now, Kitty? Over at Delmonico's having supper. Kitty. What? I'm the only one who can ever thank you for it, but uh, I think you just saved an awful lot of lives. Evening, Jenny. Well, hello, Marshal. Won't you sit down? You uh, sure Corporal Stark won't mind? <laughs> Don't be silly. <laughs> Besides, he's out at the fort. Now, when did you see him last? Oh, about noon, I guess. Uh-huh. Anybody with him? Private Ravage. Uh, Corporal Stark didn't shoot him, Marshal. They were good friends. They worked together in the bookkeeping office. I see. That's a pretty good job, isn't it? Handling expenses... Figuring out the payroll, things like that. Oh, I, I don't know. He never talked about it much. Also, he'd be in a good spot to know when to expect payroll money in, wouldn't he? Even when it was kept secret? You'd have to ask him, Marshal. But, uh... <laughs> this isn't why you found me here, is it? <laughs> no, of course not, Jenny. I'm sorry. <laughs> you look, uh, real pretty tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Marshal. You really mean that? Sure. Sure, I mean it. Uh, Marshal, I have to work late tonight, but uh, I can get off tomorrow. I know it's bold of me, but couldn't we uh, maybe take a ride together? There'll be a moon. Oh, where would we ride to, Jenny? Oh, I don't know. Anywhere. Maybe down along the Arkansas. I know. Let's ride down toward Brandy Bend. All right, Jenny. We'll ride down toward Brandy Bend. idea of a moonlight ride by the river with as pretty a girl as Jenny Lane was fine, except that it was going to end with a man dead, either me or her friend, Nate Brand. She was obviously leading me into an ambush, and there wasn't a thing I could do but go cheerfully along. I met her the next night, we started out, but a mile or so before we got to Brandy Ben, I pulled up and suggested we dismount and let the horses blow a little. They won't run away, will they? The horses? No. Now, don't worry. Ah, here's a good place to sit. What's the matter? You nervous, Jenny? No. No, of course not. Ah, sit down. Take it easy, then. All right. 
Miss Fetter? Sure. Yeah, it's a nice night, isn't it? Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> You're not even looking at it. Something on your mind, Jenny? No. Why should there be? Why, you tell me. That's nothing, Marshal. Really. Let me ask you something, Jenny. Did you ever see a man killed? What? What'd you say there? What, did you? Yeah, once in the saloon. Uh, tell me, did he uh, have a fair chance? Of course, he even drew first. Then you never saw a man shot in the back or uh, ambushed, huh? What are you driving at, Marshal? Oh, I'm just thinking about people, Jenny, like... Sometimes a person isn't really bad. He just falls into bad company. What's that got to do with me? Well, I think it sort of goes against your grain, the idea of a man being killed without a fair chance. Why'd you come with me, Marshal? Somebody had to. I suppose you know about everything. I think Private Ravage got killed by Corporal Stark because he found out about the payroll deal between you and Stark and Nate Brand. Sure. Well, what are you going to do now? I'm going to ride to Brandy Bend with you. But why? Because I'm gambling that you're still decent enough inside to let me have that fair chance I was talking about. That's quite a gamble, Marshal. Yeah. But we'll ride slow. And you'll have a little time to think about it. Make a nice camp down here. Plenty of wood. Get your water right out of the river there. It's real nice, don't you think, Jenny? Man could hide out real easy down here. Marshal. I could be safe here, even while the army was trying to move into Dodge, and a lot of men were being killed over it. Yeah, it's real peaceful down here. Marshal, I can't do it. All right, tell me, Jenny. That big cottonwood up ahead. On the left. Okay. Now, keep moving. When we get close, I'm going to ride ahead fast. You stay back out of gunfire. All right. Yeah, it sure is pretty down here, Jenny. Maybe someday we can come down and go fishing, huh? Now, this river's full of catfish. You ever eat a real catfish dinner? That can be mighty good if we're small enough. All right, stay back, Jenny. Dead, Jenny. No. I had to do it. I know. I'll be all right, Marshal. Sure. He killed your horse. I'll show you where he hid his and the payroll money. Okay, Jenny. 
then you can take me back to jail. Yeah. But there's one thing, Jenny. What you did tonight's going to get you out of jail real soon. Because I'm going to see you get your chance, too. Produced and directed by Norman McDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Ray Kemper. Featured in the cast were Virginia Christine and John Daner. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Recently, many of your cards and letters have requested an evening time for Gunsmoke Radio. In response to these requests, the makers of Chesterfield and L&M Filters will now also bring you Gunsmoke every Sunday evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So now you can take your choice and hear Gunsmoke transcribed at the time that is most convenient, either on Sunday evenings or Saturday at this time. And remember... The makers of Chesterfield and L&M Filters also present Gunsmoke for your enjoyment on television. Tonight, watch an entirely different Gunsmoke show on the CBS television network. Check your local TV listings for time and channel. There you had Gunsmoke from October 8, 1955. Good girl, bad company with William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. A show heard on CBS, sponsored by L&M Filters and Chesterfield. And here's the interesting thing, you know. You heard the announcer there, George Walsh, talking about Gunsmoke being on the radio. And they were talking about adding a second uh, airing of it on Sunday nights. But then he was talking about... Watch tonight, Gunsmoke, an entirely new episode of Gunsmoke for TV. They were literally on television and radio at the same time. Totally different casts. But this is why, and CBS was the best at this, this is why CBS was so successful, because in the nineteen late 1940s, they knew about television. They were already experimenting with it. They knew t- TV was going to be, you know, something big. And they were raiding all the other networks. They were getting all the best talent that they knew could make the transition to television. And that's why they developed Gunsmoke on CBS radio. They were able to get Jack Benny over from NBC, Amos and Andy. That was another one. They got Amos and Andy over to CBS. You know, all of the big shows, Burns and Allen, that was what they, you know, somebody very smart in CBS uh, in Brass was like, hey, television's right around the corner. We've got to get all of these radio shows, Red Skelton, that could make the transition, Milton Berle, and that's exactly what they did. And it was super successful. And you heard 
the uh, the means of it right there, talking about Gunsmoke being watch it tonight on television. All right, we have a little time, so uh, I thought we'd play a very funny sketch. Uh, you know, I was really good friends, super close pals with Stan Freeberg, and uh, he was actually the host of a show I created, and we became really close buddies. And uh, I just have such a such an affinity for anything he he did. You know, he was just so talented. This is a, a very funny sketch. This aired originally on his Stan Freeberg CBS television show, August 11th, 1957. It's about a five-minute sketch. It's called Elderly Man River, and Stan was way ahead of his time. He wrote and broadcast this sketch about political correctness in 1957 when no one had even heard of political correctness. He doesn't call it political correctness, but... Um, The guy is just a genius, and co-starring with him is the great Dawes Butler as the network censor on this sketch. Billy May's orchestra provides the music. Here is my pal, Stan Freeberg. But it's great to be with you tonight. We have a Uh, Pardon me, Mr. Freeberg, but my name is Tweedley. Well, we all have our problems. (laughs) I am the censor from the Citizens Radio Committee, and... uh, I feel... You, uh, from the Citizens Radio Committee, you say? It's exactly what I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And what, I, is your, what is your purpose in being here? I must okay all the material used on your program here. And I think the best method is to just sit back here and interrupt when I feel it's necessary. You mean you plan to stop me every time I do something that you think is wrong? Exactly. I'll just sound my little horn like this. <laughs> and then you stop. And I'll tell you what's wrong. Uh, somehow I can tell this is going to be one of those days. <laughs> you just go right ahead, Mr. Freeberg. Don't mind me. Yeah. Now I'd like to sing... <laughs> you forgot to say thank you, Mr. Freeberg. <laughs> Politeness is an essential in radio programming. Your program goes into the home. We must be a good influence on children. And that's a darling little horn there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thanks very much, Mr. Tweedley. You're welcome, I'm sure. I'd like to sing a Old River song in honor this week of National Mississippi Riverboat Paddle Wheel Week. <laughs> Mr. May, if you please. Very polite, Mr. Freeburn. Thank you. <clears throat> old Man River, that old... <laughs> All right, Tweedley, politeness I dig, but what in the world is wrong with Old Man River? The word old has a connotation some of the more elderly people find distasteful. I would suggest you make the substitution, please. I suppose you insist? Precisely. You may continue. Okay, music. You forgot to say Say thank thank you. you. Yes, okay. Thank you, Mr. Tweedley. You're quite welcome, I am sure. Elderly man river, that elderly man river, he must know something, but he don't say all right, hold it, fellas. Now what, Tweedley? The word something, you left off the G. <laughs> but that's authentic. Something. Something. That's the way the people uh, I'm sorry. talk uh, down there. What? The home is a classroom, Mr. Freeberg. I know you said that. Keep in mind the tiny tots. <laughs> and uh, furthermore, think back. You'll recall that you said 
but he don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, really, Mr. Freeberg, that's a double negative. Do you mean he does say something? No, I just wasn't using my head, I guess. <laughs> I mean, after all, it should be grammatically correct, keeping in mind... Mind the tiny tops, yes. You probably mean he doesn't say anything. I, I, I suppose I mean that, yes, I guess. <laughs> all right, uh, fine, you win. All right, Billy, music. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, I'm sure. Elderly man, river, that elderly man, river, he must know something, but he doesn't say anything. He just keeps rolling, rolling, he just keeps rolling along. He don't, doesn't plant taters, potatoes, he doesn't plant cotton, cotting, and then these, those that plants them are soon forgotten. But every man river just keeps rolling along. Excellent. Thank you. You and me. <laughs> the, uh, the tiny tots again, was it? Exactly. Sorry about that. Here we go. You and I, we sweat, perspire, and strain. Bodies awaken and wreck with pain. Oh, we got by that one. Open arms. Lift and feel. You get out Take your finger off the button, Mr. Tweedley. We know when we're licked. Well, that concludes Elderly Man River. Oh, yes, and thank you for being with us, Mr. Tweedley. You're welcome, I'm sure. You're welcome, I'm that sure. That was very smart. Yep, Stan Freeberg, along with the uh, great Dawes Butler, that aired originally August 11th, 1957, on the Stan Freeberg Show. And it was uh, such an honor. I mean, I was always a fan of Stan Freeberg's. And, um, you know, our Art Fleming, the original host of Jeopardy, was the uh, host of my radio show way back when. When Art passed, which was such a terrible, sad thing, um, we were left without a, a host. And uh, CBS uh, vice president at the time, because the show was affiliated with CBS, he said, um, who do you want to host the show? Should we try to get to host the show? And um, as a fan of Freeberg, I said, any way we can get Stan Freeberg? He would be amazing, you know? Um, And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll call Stan. I I know Stan. You know, it was like that. And um, that same day, I was on the phone talking to Stan, and he was the new host of the show. and. Nothing to and, it. Yeah, huh? and then I remember going, meeting him for the very first time in Los Angeles, and he picked me up in his uh, four-door Jaguar car, and we went for a ride. Mm, kind of scary, a little bit scary. Um, not the greatest driver, but um, a great guy. Great guy. All right, time for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners. Tonight, I'm going to talk about my experience attending the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah, this past week. The film The Longest Goodbye focuses on space travel and the effects of isolation. Astronaut 
Katie Coleman's six-month space travels are featured. Director Ido Mizrahi explains the film. We set out to make a documentary about the mission to Mars, but while filming it, the story started changing on us. As we were opening all these different doors at Johnson Space Center, we discovered a unit of space psychologists whose job it was to keep astronauts sane in space. Suddenly, our story wasn't going to be only about the mission. It was about all of us, about what we've all experienced in the last three years. Isolation, loneliness, social connectedness. All these things connect us with space exploration in ways that I never expected. I can highly recommend The Longest Goodbye. Check out my interviews on Sarah's Backstage Pass. Next up, still a Michael J. Fox movie. This excellent biography by director Davis Guggenheim tells the story of Fox's rise to fame in Hollywood and his battles with Parkinson's disease that began at 29 years of age. Here's Davis. It is a film about an actor from the 80s and 90s. It is a film about a man who has Parkinson's, but I think in both cases, those expectations are subverted in the film. It is not what you'd expect. Uh, We set out to make a story that is surprising, that's a wild ride, and that tries to push the boundaries of what a film can be. In speaking with director Davis Guggenheim, he told me, I've learned so much from Michael. Working with him has changed my life. I'm Sarah Knight-Adamson, your film and TV critic, and I'll see you next week. Check out my Sundance Film Festival coverage as I screen 25 films. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce star as Holmes and Watson on the adventures of Sherlock Holmes from 1946. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. That's right. We've got some songs that begin with the letter G. Any any thoughts on that? G. Willikers? Is that a song? I don't really know a song like that. Any, um, any G. G. Um, good Vibrations. Oh, that's a good one. Good Vibrations. Is that how it goes? Isn't that the, um, the I don't know. Boys? All right, stick All right, around. we'll see. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. 